Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Um, today, I mean, the women have been amazingly blessed by her ministry. Yeah. Women, you are blessed by her ministry, yes? Yes, okay. Okay. Um, she, she doesn't need much introduction to this church. Um, she's been a part of this church longer than so many of us, um, so many people here. Um, her and her husband met in this church, got married in this church, as privileged to pastor them. Um, he was uh, um, head of our prayer ministry eventually. She served in Kids First, in, incidentally. Um, and then both of them, stellar couple, totally dedicated, completely committed. You know, the kind of children spiritually that you're proud to say these are your children. You know, a strange thing happens as you grow older, and I must be getting older. Because my father told me this. My father said the world is a strange place. That as you were growing up, you were happy to say he's my father, my natural father. He says, but now he can't wait to say he's, he introduces himself by me now, by my siblings. And that's what happens. And it happens usually when God has blessed what a person is doing. So I'm always proud to say, oh, by the way, I'm their spiritual father. I say it a lot because their church is doing amazing things in Canada. And we're just grateful to have her back in the house. Um, they pastor an amazing church. If you're ever um, in Mississauga, if you're ever in that area, um, then you want, to, you want to visit that church, House of Praise, amazing church. Um, so please make her uh, welcome back home. Um, 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 a child of this house, uh, Pastor Tope Akinshiku. Please rise to your feet and make Tope welcome as she comes. And before she comes up, before she comes up, before she comes up, we're going to do a more, a more formal introduction of her. Sorry, I, I forgot the formal. I got carried away with my, my heartfelt introduction. But maybe the formal will say certain things I haven't said. This one was from my heart. This is a daughter in whom I am mega pleased. But sit back and let, let's see the formal introduction. And then please let's rise to our feet and welcome her as she comes up. For over 22 years, Tokwe Akeshiku, fondly known as Topsy, has been serving as the co-pastor of House of Praise, Mississauga, Canada, in conjunction with her husband, Wale Akeshiku. She's passionate about helping people understand their identity in Christ and equipping them to practically release their faith in God's Word. She believes that regardless of the situation you are facing, there is a way of escape through the Word of God. She's a woman of faith, passion, and grit. Tokwe Akishiku is the founder and convener of Balanced Living Women's Conference and the Leading Ladies Conference, a celebration and empowerment of pastors' wives. She's a best-selling author of several books, such as Father I Pray, Kindergarten, Elementary and Teen Editions, 
You are the light of the world. Fearless and stay true, planner and assessment. Ladies, could you kindly give an uncommon woman welcome to Pastor Tokwe Akishiku. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. It's so nice. You may be seated. It's so nice to be back home. It's so, so nice to be back home. Just before I go on, I want to say a big thank you to my dad and my mom. I am grateful. Thank you for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted at all. Thank you for giving me this platform. I am very, very grateful. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma. You can do much better than that. Women, yeah. You have one more assignment before I get into the world. You are going to join me, and I crave your indulgence totally. You're going to join me to celebrate the mother of this house, Pastor Shola Iruku. Oh, no, we are not going to sit down celebrating her. Sit down, ma, please. Thank you, ma. Yeah. I need you to holler. I need you to shout. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. We appreciate you. Thank you for your service to the kingdom. We, your children, we rise to say you are blessed. So we have one more thing to do. You are going to shout, Pastor Shola, you are blessed. We are all our children, right? Yes. Your amen is, your, is weak. One more time. We are all our children. Yes. Good. So we're going to say, sit down, sir. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to say, Pastor Shola, you are blessed. One, two, three, go. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For every woman in the house, I say happy Mother's Day. God bless you real good. And you're looking all beautiful, all amazing. It's always a beautiful time to celebrate the mothers. We do so much. Uh, but God Almighty is a rewarder. He will reward you in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I'm grateful. Thank you, Lord, even for the salvation of my soul. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that in the brevity of time that I have, that you will use me like the tongue of a ready writer to write into the hearts of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, take control, take preeminence. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. The word I've got for us this morning, I've titled, Rise to Your True Identity. Rise to Your True Identity. You know what? There are different things that gives us, even as Christians, what I've called identity crisis. Even though we are children of God, but it's just a head knowledge for us. 
Even though we feel that, you know, there should be more. But how to grab and hold that more? Sometimes it eludes us. There are internal barriers that constantly stops us before the external ones attempt to. Most of the time, what is going on is internal. It's not so much of the external. We have so accepted the status quo without asking questions. The consciousness of our strength and our weakness are more apparent to us than the consciousness of who we are in Christ. This morning, I want to introduce you to a woman that I was introduced to by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. A woman in the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 10 to 13. And for the men in the house, I know that you love us so much. I crave your indulgence because today is Mother's Day. I have chosen a woman to be the example. So just for today, pardon me. Can I hear an amen on that? Thank you. And so I'm going to read. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bent over and could no way raise herself. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Verse 13. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Father, bless your holy reading in the name of Jesus. One of the things you will notice from the reading of this concerning this woman is that in the verse 16, because I don't want to read everything, Jesus identified this woman as the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound. Because after, he was, after she, she was, um, Jesus let loose the infirmity. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the leaders in the, in, the, in, in the synagogue, they came and they were angry. But you will notice that this woman, she was always in the synagogue, faithful, but she was not in faith. 18 years she was bent over. She never asked the question that if all is well, why am I like this? She identified a situation with her life, with the label that man had put on her, that her circumstances had put on her. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere this morning. She was crippled, the Bible tells us, by the spirit of infirmity. And even though she was in church, but then she was still crippled. The identity that Satan had labored her with was not the identity that her God had given her. She was bent over, unable to stand straight. She embraced that label and kept coming to the synagogue continuously. Several failed attempts to actually stand up straight. And so she began to identify herself with those issues. But Jesus had an encounter with this woman. And Jesus said to her, you are free. Jesus came to her defense. 
and said to and said to the rulers of the synagogue, she's a daughter of Abraham. She's not the crooked woman. If you will notice, you will notice that Jesus at that point gave her another label. Jesus gave her another name. Jesus gave her the revelation of her true self. Daughter of Abraham. How did she get to this point is the question. This daughter of Abraham was not born that way. But if we go back to the book of Genesis, the way Adam had lost the consciousness of his divine nature, Satan stole from Adam the inheritance that belonged to him. And so Satan, in the book of 2 Corinthians 4.4, became the God of this world. Jesus, on the other hand, came with a mandate to restore man back to the original life in the garden. God intended man to have a meaningful and a dignified life. Everything that this daughter of Abraham did not have. And so I want to submit to you this morning that a revelation of your identity will open you up to the realm of the supernatural. There is no way that you will be able to get those things on this part of the universe. Everything that we need is up there in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3. However, you don't need it up there. You need it here. But in order for you to get it out here, the revelation of your identity is what will open you up to the supernatural. The word of God says in the book of Psalms, Psalm 82, verse 5 to 6. It says, ye are gods. You are the children of the most high God. That tells me something. But it goes on in the latter part of that. But that if you don't know that, if you are not conscious of it, you might die like mere men. So the question is, how do we get hold of this true identity? What you need is knowledge. You need the knowledge, the conscious knowledge of who you are in Christ. Who are you? Are you just this human being that is just walking on the street of London? Are you just the human being who is just here to pay bills, to have children, to have your 2.0 children with four cars, three cars? Who are you? Until you know who you are, the circumstances of life will continue to ask you questions. When Moses was faced with Pharaoh, until Moses became a god in Exodus 7-1, Moses could not do anything. The plagues that he had done even in time past could not work. Until God told him, you are a god to Pharaoh. And I want to say to you, Brothers and sisters, you are a God to that circumstance. Your amen is weak. Very weak. Much better. You are a God to that circumstance. 
circumstance has no right to stay. He only has the right to stay when your word, when you are not speaking. When you don't understand who you are. So let's go quickly because I want to go very quickly. The first thing that you need to know, knowledge is the key. So if you are the type you don't like reading your Bible, you don't like praying, you don't like fasting, it's not the way to go in 2023. Have a plan that you systematically follow so that God can speak to you at every point. That's very important. So the first thing I need you to know is that you need to be conscious of your position in Christ. You're not an ordinary human being. Galatians 3.29, it says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. An heir according to the promise. Galatians 4.1, it says that an heir, as long as he's a child, it does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all. So what does that heir need to do in order to get into their inheritance? It says in verse 7, it says you are no longer a slave because that, that heir is a slave. When you don't know your position in Christ, when you don't know who you are, when you're not conscious of what you are carrying, you are carrying eternal life. Greater is he that is in you than the devil that is out there in the world. You are an overcomer, not because of your species, not because of your pedigree, but because Christ lives in you. You need to know that. And it's not just an head knowledge. It needs to get into your heart. In which case, you are very conscious. When you go for that interview, when you go for anything in life, it's not just you showing up. You are showing up with the greater one. And if you are showing up with God, then you cannot fail. And I decree you will not fail. The last failure that you had will be the last in the name of Jesus. Be conscious of your position in Christ. What is happening in your present right now cannot cancel the plan that God has for you. It's not possible. It's not possible because the plan is already written. Movie, uh, movie um, actors, they don't die. You might see them fall down. You might see them being rumpled. They stand up again. They are like people that have seven lives. I want to submit to you that eternal life makes you have more than that seven life. You cannot fail. Not that you will not fail. You cannot fail. Your amen is to be born again. You will help me. Your amen is not born again. So your position in Christ, let me quickly go through that. In Genesis 2, 2, God rested from all his work on the seventh day. That seventh day that God rested was the first day that Adam entered the finished work of God. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But that seventh day signifies the first day that Adam entered into the inheritance and the blessings that God has. So what is the significance of that to you? The significance of that to you is everything that 
that you need to make life good, it's already done. It's not going to be done. Because in Jesus, when he, when he finished on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's not a cliche. But if you don't have that knowledge and walk in that consciousness, like I said to our ladies yesterday, that sometimes when you see some people um, doing some things, it looks like they are arrogant. It looks like they are proud. No, they are not. This is what they know. They are conscious of who they are. They are conscious of what they are carrying. The Bible says we have this treasure in that vessel. We have this, I am a treasure to this world. You don't need to say amen. I'm telling you. It's information. Praise the Lord. I grew up in this house. Trust me. I have not seen anybody as confident as my dad. I'm telling you the truth. Every Sunday from Canada, we watch him because we're a couple of hours. I still watch him last week. We watch him every week. Everything you are doing here, I know. So, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not joking. Myself and my husband, everything you do here, we know. So, if we know what you are doing here, and we are drawing from the grace that is in this house, don't miss out based on familiarity. I'm begging you. You might be age mates, but you are not grace mates. You need to understand that. Clap if you are going to clap. Like I said to you guys yesterday, I have the backing of my father. So when I finish saying everything and I've not said the one that is not right, my dad will help me. It will, you know, it will calm you guys down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Let me go quickly. You need to understand that Adam began his life in rest. Christianity is not about doing is about resting in the finished work of redemption. It's not about doing. It's not about, you know, um, matter spirit. No. Why did I say that? Because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians 2, 6, it says that God, that you have been made to sit down together in joint sitting within in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 20. It says he's seated at the right hand, interceding for you. Everything that you need for life and godliness is already settled. So Christianity is not about doing. The next thing I need to, you to know very quickly, you need to know your work in the world. And everything I'm saying is from the book. If you're a studious person, please go to the book of Ephesians. Start from chapter 1 and just walk through what I'm saying. Ephesians 1 to, to 4, I believe it is, it's about your position in Christ. Ephesians 5 is about your work in the world. And Ephesians 6 is actually your stand against the kingdom of darkness. If you don't understand those three things, life will be very frustrating. Trust me. I told you my story yesterday. 17 cents was a major thing to myself and my husband. And I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. I am not. But what God has done in those years, it can only be God. This is the understanding that we have. 
Your position in Christ is very important. But then your walk with the world, which is Ephesians 4, 13, Ephesians 5, 2, Ephesians 5, 8, Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Your walk with your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Offenses will not take us anywhere. I keep on saying it. You are too big to be offended by anybody. Your, your destiny is way too big. Way too big. Your work with the world is extremely important. I'm going to rush quickly to your stand against Satan. So, the first one, your position. Right? You're not answering. The second one. I can't hear you. Your work with God. The third one, your stand against Satan. When you're faced with circumstances of life, the first thing you need to know is who you are in Christ. The next thing you need to check is to make sure that you are in good work with your neighbor. Not only, you see, this thing about me and Jesus is nonsense. There's nothing like that. You cannot be you and Jesus when you don't love the person that you can see. It cannot be. What is injuring us most of the time is not even Satan. Is our lack of immaturity and character development. I've been on this block for quite a while. And I know what I'm talking about. And so your stand with Satan is the last part of it. Let me go there quickly. Stand means holding your ground. You are able to stand against the wiles of Satan. You are able to wrestle against the principalities. And when I say wrestle... You are not fighting Satan. You are too small to fight Satan. So all this, like Dad said last week, prayer contractors, it doesn't work. You've been, you've been going to all this prayer thing, right? And don't get me wrong. I'm a person of prayer. The pastor of my church in Canada, he likes to fast. So he's always calling. You heard me yesterday. He's always calling fast for us. So we fast a lot. So I'm not knocking fasting and prayer. But I need you to know, my brothers and sisters, that if you don't understand this thing, you are not fighting Satan. Jesus has fought Satan on your behalf. He went to the depth of hell. He collected the keys. The keys are not with Satan anymore. It's with Jesus. The keys that will open the different doors. The keys that will open London to you is with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I decree in the name of Jesus, I command London, open up to these children. In the name of Jesus. And so who are you fighting? You are fighting your flesh. Ah. That's who you are fighting. It's your flesh. For your flesh to be able to calm down. That's why, we, that's why we fast. Because Jesus has done the finished work. Your part is to respond. Not that word. Respond. So, you're thinking to yourself, Topsy, does it mean that we will not pray anymore? That's not what I'm saying. You're getting it all twisted. So get back into your Bible. Go read the book of Ephesians. You will pray to stop the hands of enemy. You will pray. Let me balance it. You will thank your God 
That's the way it works. You thank Jesus. Thank you for the finished work. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you have done that I have not even seen. You give him all the glory. You do the praise and worship. You do all that. The next step to that is that, and I'm paraphrasing because of time. The next step to that is that you ask for your need. My father, my God, I need whatever it is. My father, my God, I need London to be saved for Christ. My father, my God, what is going on right now in the church of England, I need it sorted out. That is the kingdom of God. You are attacking you know, the kingdom of God. You are taking that which is the heart of God. You are praying it. That's the next. I'm paraphrasing. The last step of it, and you guys are studious, so I know. The last step of it is for you to now confront Satan. Love does not mean that you don't confront Satan. If you're a Christian and you don't confront Satan, if you don't stand, like the book of Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 says, you are not on the offensive. Jesus has gone on the offensive for you. You are, you, are, you, are not, you are not on the offensive. Jesus has gone there for you. You are defending your inheritance. That's what you are doing. In order to defend your inheritance, then you need to say to that strong man, go. There is sickness in your body. And you are thinking, yeah, the doctor has said, and after they said, they are finished saying, and they continue to say, the doctors are giving you the fact. There is a truth in the word of God that can override that fact. I love the testimony of our dear lady, um, um, Sister Wanu, that spoke to us yesterday. I believe that she had used the truth in the word of God to override the facts. Your body is aching you in one way or the other. Yes, you are not denying that. But it is not God that has brought sickness to you. Satan is the one that has brought sickness. So you need to address him. Mark 11, um, from verse um, 12, I would say. He cursed the fig tree. And this is the way to curse sickness in your body. You curse the fig tree. He curse the fig tree, which is whatever it is that is growing in your body that is not supposed to. The next step to that is that you now speak to that mountain. Continuously, you need to continue to speak. Because that mountain is being held strong by the God of this world, Satan. So you are not praying to God only. You remember what I said? Father, this sickness is in my body. I need you to take it out. No, no problem. But you need to call the name of that sickness. You need to say whatever it is. You found demonic cancer. I'm speaking to you. Out of my body in the name of Jesus. You need to speak to that mountain. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Speak to the mountain. If it's finances, you need to speak to your bank account. A Christian that keeps quiet is a signless Christian. You cannot afford to keep quiet. In that um, Ephesians 6, from that verse 10, like I said, it is not you fighting Satan. You are walking into the finished work of Jesus Christ. He came. He died. He went to the deep of hell. He took the keys from Satan. What Satan has right now is wows. I will close with this. About two, three years ago, like my husband will say, he went through 
a tunnel. A tunnel of darkness. When we got into the hospital, the first person we called was my dad. That this is where we are. And he prayed. He prayed. And we started taking the process. They would check on us and say, you know, what is he doing? It was a bad one. So bad. And if anyone that knows my husband, you can just, you can just imagine what I'm talking about. Dad and mom knows about what I'm saying. By the time he wants to get up from the bed, he needs to know two, three scriptures to get up. What the enemy thought was his last, it was the word that he has had in here that took him over. That was what took him over. There was no other way he would have gotten out of that situation. That was an attack that came right from the pit of hell. God is not the one that brought sickness to you. God is not the one that says, oh, I don't, I don't want you to get well. That is not God. That's not the Jehovah that I serve. Against all odds and everything that the doctors have said concerning him. If you see him this Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, you would not believe that that was the same person. Because why? The word of God has entered into me and I ate it. The word that I ate is what you are able to speak. Don't get into the habit that, oh, pastor quoted this scripture. It will not work. It will not work. You need to have those words in you. I remember we used to say then that we understand quite a number of things concerning the kingdom. But one thing that we did not understand too well was healing. And we were worried that if Satan comes with that blow, what will we do? But he came. On that glorious morning, he came. Three months before that time, God gave me, you know, I had this excess weight that Jesus Christ did not give me. So I, I, I made up my mind I was going to shed it. So I started taking a walk early in the morning. By 4.30, I'm up. And I will take my walk. Three months before the incident I'm telling you happened. God has your life planned. I don't care what you are going through right now. He has a plan for your life. That situation is not going to swallow you up. In the name of Jesus, you are going to come out squeaky clean. The smell of fire was not on the, on the, on the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo when they threw them in. I decree the smell of fire will never be on you in the name of Jesus. No matter what you are going through, there is a way of escape. And so, he went and I came downstairs and I saw him. He could not get up. I was even angry. I said, I've, I've told this man, I don't like it when, you know, you're praying and you're just downstairs. Come upstairs. But I thank Jehovah God that that morning he had set me up three months before to take those walks. So I woke up very early. I don't know how long he's been there. And I called, obviously, we went to the hospital. We got to the hospital. I spoke to dad and he said, no, that this is not your time, Wale. You're not going anywhere. That was all I needed. That was all. 
Once he said that, I was dancing. And I'm not joking. Literally. Because you need somebody over your life. So, like I said, you might be age mate. You are not grace mate. One word from him. It sorted me out. Today, if you see my husband, you won't know anything has happened. And I'm saying to you, you are here under the authority of my voice. You don't know Jesus at all. Everything I've said cannot have any effect in your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. I have been sent all the way from Mississauga, Canada. I've been sent to you. And so I want to say to you, if you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior, please signify. There's a QR code. And if you're online as well, you don't know him. There will be a prompt to tell you how to get into that. Quickly, I want to know if you are that person because I want to pray with you. Any hands? Any hands? Okay. I want to believe that we are all born again, spirit-filled, and living the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So if that's the case, I want to pray with you. You have a situation that you think, you don't know how this is going to pan out. You've tried everything that you know how to. But then, things seem to be going in a circle. You come to church, you are well dressed. You're looking nice, radiant. But then, there's this issue. There's this limitation, like that woman that has made you bent over. And you're not able to stand straight. You are a son of Abraham. You are a daughter of Abraham. You are joint heir with Christ Jesus. And so that situation cannot be the last. It cannot be the last for you. It cannot swallow you up. I want to join my faith with yours. If you are that person, you can quickly step out. Quickly. I have three minutes. In exactly three minutes, I'll be out of here. You need something immediate. Immediate. You need God to touch you. If you're coming out, please make it very fast. I have two minutes. You need a situation. You need it to turn around. I believe in God. And I'm going to join my faith with you. And I know that there's going to be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. God will do a new thing in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to lead you in prayers. So first and foremost, I need you to take that thing to God. Whatever that issue is that is making you bend over. That you are not able to, to stand up tall like every other person. I need you to pray about that issue. Please don't keep quiet. Talk to God about that issue. And you will see God move. God is going to make a shift in that situation. That situation will be, it will give up its hold in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we'll pray. I'm going to lay my hands on you very quickly and then I will pray.
Connect with Jehovah God. Connect with Him. There is a change. There is a turnaround. In the name of Jesus. There is a change. There is a shift in that situation. There is a shift in the name of Jesus. God is going to surprise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this once. Whatever it is that is not allowing them to stand tall, I command it, go right now. Let your amen sound, please. I am not wishing you well. I believe that as I have told it, it goes. Whatever it is that is bringing about tears in your eyes, I command it, go! Go right now! In the name of Jesus, you foul demonic spirit that is stopping their destiny, that is stopping their change, I command you, lose your grip, lose your hold, in the name of Jesus. It's a new beginning. There's a shift in your destiny. I pray for this ones. I say, London, I speak to you. Earth, oh earth, hear the word of God. I speak to the city of London, to the north, to the west, to the east, to the south. I say, cooperate with your destiny. In the name of Jesus, cooperate with your destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus, it's a new beginning for you. You will tell your testimony, you will show your testimony, and God Almighty will be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you.